Hey, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. First ad. Yeah. Let's slam right into it. What do we got here, Steve? This is a reverse supersonic. It was sent to us by Tobias Johnson. This ad says, this is a beautiful Squire supersonic in blue sparkle from 1997-1998. Uh, but chances are, if you're looking at this, you already know all about it. The guitar just had a setup. It's currently set up to play right-handed, but that's easily reversible thanks to the modifications made. Shipping is an estimate. Message me for details. <laughs> so what's crazy about the Supersonic is that it's already like a reverse shape. It's a guitar that looks like a left-handed guitar, but it's set up to play as a right-handed guitar. You're right. So this person took a... Guitar that looks left-handed but made to play right-handed, and they just swapped it around to be left-handed. But that entails routing out wood from the body to put a second control plate. They had to cut a new pickguard for it, which has revealed just how funky the body shape actually is because that control plate fits, and they're really weird. Yeah. (laughs) But it's not so weird that I tell people to stay away from this. Like, this looks fun to me. I've always wanted a Supersonic. And flipping it around to be reverse, I want a left-handed supersonic for me to reverse to be a right-handed supersonic The one problem with this is he says it's reversible, but the only way it's reversible is you have to, like, you you have to, like, keep that, like, secondary uh, control plate. You swap plates, because there's two plates on there now, which is buck wild when you sit and really think about it. It kind of looks like a control plate. It kind of looks like a, like, a kind of a tooth, or... Yeah, it looks like, like walrus teeth. A starfish. <laughs> yeah, it's got. It looks like like legs coming off. It the looks like garden. it looks like the. I forgot what they're called the, but they were like the ninjas in Super Mario Brothers two. Yeah, those little black ninjas. Yeah, that's yeah. what it kind of looks like. Only it's white with silver legs. Seriously, though, go Fen- play Nintendo, kids. Fender, come out with a reverse supersonic body. Oh my gosh, and make it right-handed, and I'll I'll super be interested. This in actually, it. so the reverse. The reverse supersonic body looks pretty good. It kind of does, right? Like I'm trying to process it. What this would look like is right-handed because it I just always needs have a little transposing left-handed bodies. It just needs a little help with the control play area as it connects to the pit guard. Well, I mean, but... if it was a norm, if it was a proper, I'm saying if if it, this was a true left-handed right model, then it wouldn't be this super insane pit guard it would be yeah the regular right-handed pit guard but left-handed exactly i mean one of the things that has kept me from buying supersonics in the past is that i just don't like reverse headstocks too mm. and so this like fixes the reverse headstock as well <laughs> did not think about that but then it's kind of funny because as you hold it the squire logo is going to be upside down which i'm kind of in love with that thought too yeah <laughs> having um, an upside down logo on a headstock is pretty funny to me. Do you have any idea what these are actually going for right now? I feel like 809 is probably be fair. Really? I think they've they've hit a bit of a collector's uh peak. Do you think $800 is fair in this condition? No. Okay. It should be $1200. Oh my god. Cuz you're getting double the guitars. <laughs> you're getting a right-handed guitar that can be swapped to a left-handed guitar so easily. So easily that he'll do it for free. Oh, if he's going to do it for free, then. He will do it for free. Uh, maybe it's I'm looking. Right. I'm eBaying Squire Supersonic. Oh, we got routing templates. Oh, boy. Um, 
This is the part of the show where Ryan looks things up on the internet. I don't see any popping up on the eBay. Interesting. Uh, what's the name? There's some like uh, a guy that has become a collector of these, and he uses them uh, for his professional performances. I can't remember his name. Someone say it in the uh, in, in the, the comments, comments section in somewhere the, on the Facebook page. Let's whatever. See if I can look at completed listings. I mean, you probably can. One sold. It says a thousand dollars. Yeah, for a white that one. That sounds high to me. I see one that ended asking for eleven hundred, and another one that sold for eleven hundred. Uh, the pawn shop series, which is a more recent one, one sold for eight hundred. But the pawn shop series ones were already a, like around that price anyway, weren't they? Yeah. I was thinking about buying one of the pawn shop series ones. That's what I remember. Uh, which is a slightly different design. They moved uh they moved the switch up to the top horn, it looks like. Or maybe this yeah, person they're... changed this person changed it probably. Yes, because oh, the other right. ones have the switch on the top horn. He changed it. For this, uh, for this, this reversal here, new, this funky new pickguard. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What man. do you think, Steve? Have you ever looked at these? You ever been interested in a supersonic? I'm interested in them uh, just so far as like being part of the Venus series right. more broadly, but um, they've never been like a guitar I've chased. And it's been actually, it's kind of interesting to see uh, how the prices on them have like gone through the roof because this was another one of these guitars that when I first started getting into guitar, you know, 15 ish years ago, they were like 200, yeah. 250. You could get them cheap. Not anymore. Yeah. This, this and like the cyclone mm. three, the one with the, the Jaguar oh, yeah. pickups in it. Those are the ones that kind of got away from me. And I wish I'd pulled the trigger. I when feel they like came the out, cyclone you know? three is really hard to find, but that the prices on it are still not, yeah, it's not like I'm buying like a vintage like yeah. thing. But, but I'm saying it's like I don't think it has the collector's flair. I think if I think that one's just, I think it was just a rarer model. They right. didn't, they didn't they come only out ran with a lot it of those. for a couple years, I think. Yeah. And, uh, no, I think they only ran it one year. Was it one year? Something crazy like that. It was like a one-off. Yeah. And it came in two colors, I think blue and red, and it had the three Jaguar pickups in it and it was just Well, the Cyclone so, 3 such a sweet little guitar. The Cyclone 3 was also a Fender, right? Well, yeah, it was yeah. a Fender. But I'm saying like whereas the Supersonic is a Squire right, right. originally yeah. until they did the pawn shop. The Vista series stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So the Cyclone 3 was part of the series with It's weird uh, to think that there's such a, co- a collector's market for these Squires now. Yeah. Know? It's a it's an interesting time. Well, it's both that it's Squire and it's it's Squire Japan. Yeah. Well, you Vista know. series like just hit the market hard. People loved yeah. it. It was like the first time I saw, at least in my guitar playing uh, life, that people were like, oh, man, these cheap guitars are actually pretty good. I'm not going to look this up. Maybe someone on the show, some one of the listeners will look this up. I don't really want to dwell too long on this, but was the Venus effectively like... Oh, I guess Mary Mary Ford. Mary Where's Ford? this going? Is that is that who I'm thinking of? Mary Ford? I don't know what in relation to what. Who was the first woman to have a like a signature model guitar? Oh, I don't know. Because in my head, I can't think of anything before this before the Squire Venus. The uh, which was yeah, the Courtney Love the Courtney signature. Love. 
effect, like effectively, like right. A, um, I'm sure, so there, I'm like, sure there had to be something. Yeah, I don't and know. if there wasn't, it's just because signature instruments weren't a huge deal. I sound like I'm minimizing the effect of the uh, the patriarchy guys. No, like, I just I, feel like I feel like there must have been a signature guitar for a female. Well, it's like I just don't that. know, like when, like because obviously, like more recently, artists who are older than Courtney Love have have had them. So like Joan Jett has had like the signature sure. Les Paul. Um, you know, other. Actually, I guess she's the main one I can think of. I'm sure, like, maybe Jackson has done some, like, stuff. But I don't know. Like I said, I don't want to super get into it. It's just a thing I thought of. Sure, and, sure. Uh, if you guys want to talk about it in the comments, that'd be, that'd be yeah, cool. Yeah, tell us what we don't know. Yeah. I I'd guess. Lo- I'd, I'd love to learn. Educate me. We love to learn here we're, on 60 Seconds. We're going to learn. <laughs> Education is fundamental. What's new? What is new, Ryan? I got a box cutter here. Should we cut a box? Yeah. We're going to do that first. While Ryan's cutting this box open, uh, the person who sent this guitar is also the person who allowed us to purchase this beer. This is from Maine Beer Company. I picked this up at a local shop. This is called Another One. As in, oh, India Pale Ale? Oh, well, here's another one. Um, You want to say who the person is, Steve? Yeah, the person is Grant Wilson from Big Ear Pedals. Big ear pedals, not big ear NYC. They rebranded. Yeah, no, no they big rebranded deal. a while ago. You yeah, look, you it was look like, like you're going to Nate Bernecker yourself on that thing, man. I know. I'm about to slice myself. That wide is open. that is not a direction of Cut, cutting towards myself. And the way things are going, man, today, it's, I think your wife's just going to let you bleed out. <laughs> and right, I'm just going to I'm just going to point and laugh. I kind of know what this is, but I kind of don't. Know. Oh wow! Look at it's it's packing material. What's in here? This looks like original bridge. Here's the original bridge, Ryan. Oh, it's one of these bridges. I don't know. This is great listening. This yeah, is probably, everyone's gonna love this. This is like good YouTube and really bad podcast. Uh, but so this, this is, is a, a Goldfinch guitar. Grant has befriended the guy from Goldfinch, and he's been wanting to send me one of these. Oh, cool. That's kind of buck wild, right? Yeah. Wild shape. Uh, he put this tunematic on here. Originally, it has that, uh, that Tysco-style bridge there. Right. The strings <laughs> impact the edge of the uh, the little ashtray cover thing here. That's interesting. It's really lightweight. Apparently, the 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 guy behind this Goldfinch company, he just has a huge boner for uh, like vintage guitars, like not just the appearance, because there's a lot of like companies that make vintage style guitars now, but he's into like the hardware and the feel of like old Tyscos well, and K's and harmonies and stuff like that. So he tries to go funky and he tries to go back to that like hardware feel. Let me try it. I'm not going to try to play across all the strings. Just play one thing and see what the uh, yeah, it, it, action it, feels it like. It plays nice. It feels good. Especially for just flying, you know, 2,500 miles. Yeah, it actually doesn't feel bad. It's got binding on the neck. It's super, super light. Yeah, the weight reminds me of the, um, the flyweight from uh, B.A. Ferguson. Grant guitar. made it sound like the action was going to be bad from that new bridge. But I don't know. I feel like it's pretty pretty low. Yeah. 
I think it's like, I think that's like a pretty typical action for you. I would probably set it up a little lower or ha- prefer to have it set oh, up Oh, maybe a he was lower. talking the pickup needs to come up. Ah. Because the pickup's pretty the low. The pickup in there. is pretty low, too. So I might have to do some surgery on this to get the pickup higher. You if, don't have anywhere to put this thing, it. dude. I know. I'm running out of space in here. And I just ordered a guitar like last night. <laughs> I'm drowning in guitars over here. It's a bad problem. I need to sell some stuff. Or just uh, let Super Rich Steve take care of some things. So, yeah, I'll have to do some video of that in the near future here. Another uh, funky shape on my wall, apparently. Yeah, that thing looks like it's going to be a ton of fun to play around with. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to church it. <laughs> I wonder what that single pickup sounds like. It's just one single coil in there. It's in, it's in like your one of your spots. It is. it is. That is not a bridge pickup. It is not a middle pickup. It's a bridge pickup. It's a bridge pickup. It's just floating out there in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, that's like my YFB, like our old band, like punk band. What do you think of this beer, man? What's that? What do you think of this beer? It's a. It's definitely an IPA. It's like a, a, a sticky, I know you're sweet, not an IPA guy. Like Christmas tree thing going on. Which is why I didn't go for like a straight IPA. But it's interesting. I've never tasted one that was quite like that before. Yeah. Like I'm not quite sure how to describe it. It's it tastes like a cleaning chemical, but in like a in a <laughs> in a fun way, you know? Right, right. If that makes any sense. Jeez. <laughs> Just makes you sound like a crazy person. <laughs> you have anything new, Steve? Um, well I'm getting this guy from you. If you guys haven't checked it it's out. It's not from me, it's from both of us. Well, it's yeah, it's for it's for us. I you actually, actually did I the, actually did the legwork on yeah. getting this set up, but this is the FXT one from uh was it FX Tears? FX Tears. Uh pedal board. This is a ultra compact pedal board. The reason that I want it is as because I use the uh music area backpack mm-hmm. all the time and this actually ryan sent me a picture a while ago of this guy like fitting perfectly in one yeah so i'm going to set up a little baseboard in here i need to get an ultra compact power supply to put underneath but uh i'm really looking forward to putting together a little baseboard because right now i just pull out my uh my fuzz uh-huh uh and like plug it in and i go oh okay but I'd rather just like whip out a whole thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's it's convenient to have a, a little platform that where like all the cables are put together and it's powered and everything yeah. like that. So this will be. I mean, you can throw a fuzz really cool. on there, throw a tuner on there. Uh, I'm gonna let you borrow that Nux solid. Studio I think I as can well. fit like four pedals on here. Oh, easily. You um, can get four. Pedals I probably on won't put a tuner on there. We'll see. We'll see what I do. We'll see Steve, what happens. Put a tuner on there. Don't be cocky. <laughs> just use a headstock tuner, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right you got anything else you want to talk about this trip you're going on or no oh man i'm going back to tgu i'm going back to toman i i didn't know if i had permission to talk about it last time we recorded but i've known for a while uh i think i'm barely made the cut to get invited this year because i think i got invited way later than i don't know else. man you're number one on the list that's because it's numerical alphabetical order 60 cycle home just flows to the top because we've got a number in our name everyone hey. else Everyone else has cool names like Patrick Hunter. <laughs> oh, is Patrick going? Yeah, he's going. I didn't see who. Like, I looked at the list, but I didn't memorize it. <laughs> Pete Thorne's going. Yeah, I haven't ever. You know, we have the I list. I've never hung uh, out with him. We have the list here: CC Cycle Hum, Adam Neely, Agufish, BaseTheWorld.com, China Guitar Skeptic, CS Guitars, uh, which is that's Colin Scott, right? That's CS Colin Guitar. Scott. 
uh, Flip a Q, Gear Gods, German Music Reviews, Guitar Max, Jay Leonard J, yeah. uh, Jamie Lewis, Kiffer Okion. O- I, I oh, look, Mary Spender's going. Mary Spender's going back. The Internet's Mary Spender. Uh, Nathan Navarro, Patrick Hunter, Paul David. Pete Paul Cottrell. Davids, Pete Cottrell, Pete Thorne, Philip McKnight, produced like a pro. Samurai guitarist. I've been. I watched a couple of his videos too. He's got good content. Uh, Spectre Sound Studios. That's Glenn Fricker. Uh, Steve from Boston. The Bass Channel. The Guitar Geek and the Tone King. The Tone King is going to be there. The so King of cool. Tone. How? Then a bunch of these guys I know were from there last year. You met yeah. before, but a lot of these guys are going to be new. Yeah, too, a couple so. new ones. Uh, Tone King and Pete Thorne. You got to fill McKnight weren't there last you year. You got to do a. You got to do Samurai Guitarist was a there. Theory Thursday style thing with Adam Neely. Oh man, it's, he's too smart for me. I, I know that's why you I have to do it. It would just be me following him around as he walks around talking to the camera, and just be like, oh, I don't, I don't understand what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also excited about a bunch of the sponsors. Boss is going to be there, which means I get to hang out with bosses. Matt Knight. He's a. Uh, He's not mm. associated or affiliated with anything else, as far as I know. He just works for Boss, so it'll be fun to hang out the with boss. that guy. Yeah, the Boss. Dan Electro is sponsoring. Even Tide, Fender, Gibson, Harley Benton, of course. Uh, Hosa, Hughes and Kettner, Ibanez, Isotope. By the way, guys, Isotope was that there last year, and they hooked me up with uh, their RX plugins. Yeah, I use that crap all the time to save so much audio. Uh, to take out the chewing and the burping and the slurping that Steve and I do here. I'll do a little test and remove that with some isotope. <laughs> Hopefully I remember to do that. Laney, Line 6, Personas, uh, PRS, Rev, Strandberg, Vox, Yamaha, Zoom. I've been thinking, I need oh to figure out gosh. if this the Zoom people that handle like the recording side of stuff or if it's like going to be the guitar effects. I'm assuming guitar it's- effects. Probably both. I've been thinking about taking my Zoom 2100 with me just to sit down with like a Zoom person and be like, Check this out. Here's a piece of history. Because that was like my first multi-effect I ever messed around with. Oh, yeah. 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 The 20-year-old multi-effect pedal that I'm still hanging on to for some reason. Also, uh, I mentioned that I got the the, uh, Helix Stomp a few weeks back. Mm -hmm. Uh, They hooked me up with that so that I could use it at TGU for direct recording. I'm putting together a board where it's going to be battery-powered, which is awesome. And I'll have a few other pedals on there and uh, be able to do like my field recording and on the fly recording on the floor of Toman to make all the content I want to make. So I'm excited. I'm going to be, I'm going to be leaving in a week and a half as of this demo uh, as of this episode. Right. <laughs> so it's coming up quick. Jeez. That, I, I didn't, I yeah. didn't think I realized it was coming up that fast. Yeah. It's coming up fast. I'm getting pumped. I'm getting all my gear together. Uh, first topic, Steve, or do you want to do uh, sponsors? Let's do a sponsor. This week's first yeah. sponsor. Let's make we that didn't money. grab anything. We always forget to grab stuff, but I'll let you do it. This week's first sponsor is Chase Bliss Audio. Well, I'm not going to grab anything right now because the thing that I would normally grab is on my board right now because I've been using it. You have other Chase Bliss I pedals, know, but right? I want to talk about the Condor. Right. Let's talk about the Condor. Like, I think we've mentioned it a bunch in these uh, sponsorship spots, but I've been using it live, and it is just a magic little box. It is like one of those preamp pedals that just it makes you sound gooder. Mm. You know, I left it on. That's like, what you really need. Always on. This last Sunday when I was at church. And every time I turned it off, I was like, oh, I don't need that, that this song. I was like, oh, man, I really needed it. <laughs> I keep, kept turning it back on. It just does something magical to your signal. It just yeah. warms it up. It just makes you sound better. It's really easy to adjust. Do you ever use it as an auto-wah? It doesn't do auto-wah because it's not envelope sensing. 
but oh, you can okay. set it to be like a modulation mm. that's doing a wah sound back and forth, and you can attach a expression pedal to make wah sounds with it. Uh, the way I'm explaining using it just as a preamp is such like a scratching the surface thing right. to do with it because it can do everything. Well, it does all it's of the things insane. that like every Chase P- Bliss pedal does, which is give you like full control over all of the knobs. Yeah. Every Chase Bliss pedal is also a chorus. If you, like, oh my god, mess, that's mess, not what I meant. If you mess around with it long enough, I mean that might be accurate though. I <laughs> definitely know, like, I definitely know the tonal recall. Sometimes I was like, oh, I just turned this into a chorus. How do I stop that? <laughs> But it's like, yeah, it can be a preamp, obviously, EQ control. It can be a drive pedal. It can be a modulation. It can be a wah. Like, it just keeps going, the crazy stuff they can do. It can be a tremolo. (laughs) It's wild how much the Condor does. So go check out the Condor. I don't have it with me because it's on my board locked up in another room right now. There we go. Yeah. All right. uh, This first topic is um, five different topics. It's not five different topics. It's one topic supported by five different pieces of evidence. Um, I'm going to call this topic, Joe Bonamassa is a troll. Yeah. Because that's my case against Joe Bonamassa. So basically, do you think... Okay, so we've talked about Joe Bonamassa on this show before. We frequently call him other things like Joe Bon Bonamoso and I realize, Joe Bernanarama. And, I realized today that I don't actually know how to actually spell his name. <laughs> Which to... is problematic because I don't really edit your captions anymore. <laughs> I was trying to find these articles uh, where he has like these hot take quotes that blow up the internet. I was like, I don't think I'm actually spelling his name right. I need to look out how, uh, how to spell his name. All right. Here's what I want. Okay. I want uh, to go see, because I think the visual is the best part. I want to go see a cover band, a blues cover band in Hillcrest. Called Joe Boner Master. Boner Master. For those that don't know, Hillcrest is our uh, like LGBTQ yeah. part of town in San Diego. I mean, these days, all of San Diego is boners the LGBT. Can, boners can can be uh, cis uh, male and they can be success. Is that the well, way they to describe what, it? They can be anything, but yeah. I feel like that that is the application where it would be the best. It probably get the biggest audience. Anyway, this uh, first quote. So the thing with Joe Bonamassa is he always has like a quote. And even if he's actually right, like most of the time, if you read the entire article, you're like, oh, he's kind of right. Right. But, right. I mean, well, the, the articles it themselves always, are like tame and rational. But there's always but then, some opening statement. So I this think one, it's intentional. I think like they, he, I think he comes up with the hot quote first where he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to come out and say that pedal player people who play pedals are lazy and then i'm gonna come up with a like a really like subdued like rational article to just wrap around it because my theory is that because these things come out like almost regularly it seems like they come out like every two or three months yeah i think he's on a media schedule where he's like i gotta keep like a new article in the news i wish we to like get people uh, to keep looking me up, and these these L- literally there was one in February, and there was another one like a week ago. So that's like and exactly the, three months. The apart. music radar articles, yeah, all have links to his albums and stuff like that. Right, they're advertisements. Oh, there was also one. So there's October eighteen, October twenty eighteen, February twenty nineteen, May twenty nineteen. So that's pretty close to being on that three to four month schedule. He's on a schedule with these. I think it's intentional. I think he's intentionally coming out with these hot take, you know, like like articles 
to do a marketing thing. Yeah. Which one of these do we want to read all of them? Do yeah, let's to... go through them all. All right. So the first one that you've got listed here, we don't is, need to do uh, them in detail, but we can riff on them. I'll just read the. I'll, well, some of them are just a single quote. So this first one is "Pedal users are fucking lazy," says Joe Bonamassa. Uh, this next one is, and then he goes on to say, like, well, you know, if you're spending all your time, time like you know, tweaking pedals and whatever, like you are ch- trying to chase like that perfect tone. Well, you could have just invested all that time in like actually learning how to play, which right. But he's know. also in that one. To be fair, I mean, I I feel like we're giving him too much of a benefit of a doubt starting out. To be fair, he was digging at people who are like noise musicians, right? And like ambient musicians and stuff like that. People who aren't doing, you know, electric guitar into hot amp blues rock. You know, yeah. So he was uh, he was do, taking do, do, a bit do. of a dig. The back in February, the one back in February was Joe Joe Bonamassa thinks you don't need a lot of money for great sound. Says Paul Reed Smith is just another corporate guy now, um, which isn't even what he actually says about Paul Reed Smith. <laughs> what he actually said, okay, so what he actually says about Paul like Reed, the, the article is is basically him saying what everyone else has been saying for years, like, oh, you can sound really good with like an affordable guitar yeah. and like a hot rod deluxe. Yeah, like, yeah, Joe. We all know that you're the one who needs to realize that because you're the one with five hundred thousand dollar vintage Les Pauls and Dumbles and things like that. We all know that a hot rod deluxe sounds just fine because that's what we can literally afford. But, but it's so funny because the the thing makes it sound like it's going to be Joe versus Paul P, P, Paul Reed Smith. But what he basically says is that is what Paul himself has said, which is he says, I mean, even Taylor and PRS are quote the man now where Paul used to be the Messiah for the boutique crowd. Now he's just another corporate guy because he isn't in his garage anymore. And Paul has said the same thing. Yeah. Like, you know, paraphrasing what I've seen him say in interviews is basically, yeah, I used to make this stuff in my garage and people like, and it was like a one man thing. Now I make them like in a shop. Yeah. Uh, they're still made to the same standards. They're still Probably super high standards. Qu- yeah. They're still super high quality. I mean, talking to but, Bob Taylor, he's like, yeah, stuff is better now that yeah. I have other people building it for me. <laughs> so, and you know, in, in this one, he like, the thing is, is when you read like the full thing, it's, it even seems like he has a sense of humor about himself because sure. he's like, I think he oh does. yeah, I don't think you need, you know, a big pedal board to sound good. Uh, you know, coming from the guy, of course, you know, this is coming from the guy who owns Dumbles. Right, right. Um, the one most recently uh, was, um, when did the electric guitar become such a pariah? Which the whole thing is like, oh, don't wear in-ears, just crank it. The, the problem I had with that article is that he's literally just spending the whole article trashing on sound people. Right. And my stance has always been, those are the people you need to be nice to. Like, don't freaking piss off the sound people. They'll mute you. Yeah. Don't be a, don't be an asshole. You don't want, don't you want your signal to come through? That I also night? wonder like how many <laughs> how many venues exist where when you walk in like the first thing that happens is the sound guy's like, oh, here's your ears, dog. Yeah. Like, is that a thing? No, it's not. Not for people playing at our level, yeah. anyways. Uh, and that's the other thing is like the assumption of the article is that people are being forced to use in-ears. I use in-ears at church. It's my choice. I could request a wedge if I wanted to. I don't think I could request a wedge. Sure. I, I mean, mean maybe diff- I could. It's different. I every- wouldn't even want, like, I've gotten so used to in-ears yeah. that, like, I don't, I wouldn't even want to. I mean, and he's, me. he's making a point that's going to be very attractive to, uh, you know, for lack of a better t- term, old timers. Yeah. That 
you know, want to be purists and want to be like, oh, back in my day, we had full stack marshals and we could feel the wind off our amps and stuff like that. And are you know, pining for that experience and right. nostalgic for that experience. I get it. I love being in a room with my amp turned all the way up too. It feels amazing. But it's like, I can't do that every week. I can't do that every month. I won't, I wouldn't be able to hear anymore. That's like special treat only. Yeah. No. So, so this, this kind of spins off of the whole, his whole like diss on boutique guitars. Um, is he says the worst thing you can do after buying a, the headline, the worst thing you can do after buying a guitar are you love. Actually, he says this, um, this was an interview with John Bollinger. Who's the, is he premier guitar? I don't know. I think he's the guy from premier guitar, but he says, if you purchase a new guitar, the worst thing you can do, da, 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 he says, if you like the guitar or like the worst thing you can do, it just all got, let me par- Steve, can you talk right? Tonight? No, no. Can you put together uh, a sentence, please? This basically paraphrased all down to the people saying, well, jo- Joe Bonamassa says you shouldn't modding your guitars is dumb. Right. But what he's really said is like, effectively, like, don't buy a guitar already thinking like, oh, I'm going to buy this, you know, as a this guitar platform. as a mod platform. You know, if you already like everything the guitar does, you don't need to modify anything. Like, if you're happy with a with a with a jazz master stock, you don't need to buy a mastery just because right. everyone else has a mastery. I think you could, in my mind, you could file that under people who keep changing out uh, the trim block and their strap. Right. Like, I need to get a bigger brass block. I need to get a bigger brass block. I'm going to try a steel block now. Well, like he and it's like, have you ever been happy with this guitar? Maybe it's not the block. Maybe it's the guitar. Right. That's the problem. You know? Or, you know, even more so like if you like the guitar as it is and you don't have anything like intentional that you're fixing. Right. Then you don't need to do anything. I mean, but it's, it's such like a non, if you're happy, you're not going to do anything. Are people out there who are happy with their guitar doing stuff? I think a, a few. I think a lot of people a are. A few people are, but I mean, part of I'm. I think a lot part of, of my counter argument is like messing with the guitar is part of the fun for a lot of sure. people. It's not sure. just like oh, I have to have a guitar just so that I can play guitar, and if it's functional, then why would I mess with it? For a lot of people, messing with the guitar is a huge part of the hobby. And most of us, the vast majority of us, are doing this as a hobby. We're right. never going to be playing professionally the way Joe is. I think my favorite quote that you pulled was, uh, there was a rumor that I was buying Gibson. It circulated around the internet. And I just go, how well off do you think I am? I play blues rock for a living. It's like a valve of poverty. And I'm like, how am I going to buy a guitar company? If you want to turn people on like their opinion on Joe in a hurry, then you do the vow of poverty quote. Yeah. Like if people are defending him at all, it's like, Oh, and it, Hey, you got to respect this guy. He's a, you know, he's, he's taking a vow of poverty guys. <laughs> yeah. If, if okay. you know anything about Joe, he's just got a pile of vintage, uh, Les Pauls. He's got, you know, he's probably owned every Dumble that's ever been yeah, made. I or think like on that, his like most his recent life. tour, the cheapest seat available anywhere on, any of his tour stops was like $130. Yeah. But then like, I kind of get what he's saying too. You got to think about his perspective. Right. Where it's like, he's a musician that fills big venues. Mm -hmm. And if he's looking around at people that he might consider his contemporaries or his peers, he's looking at, you know, like, uh, you know, P Diddy or something like that. 
he's like, oh, there's another professional musician in my in this <laughs> right, in this right. you know century that is making tons of money. That guy could probably afford to buy Gibson. I can't afford to buy Gibson. I'm only a multimillionaire. Do we, I'm not a, do we know what the buyout for on Gibson wasn't it like in the billions? Probably like low, low billions or close no to idea. billions. I have no idea. Um, was there a buyout or like the value estimated value? But he's probably looking at other people in his industry right. that do have a ton of money and could do stuff like that. It's like, but Joe could still do something and become an investor in Gibson. Yeah, and I, and you know, I think like that, a major investor. I think that would have actually been a. It's not like when, if I wanted to invest in Gibson, I can barely afford to buy a Gibson guitar. That's right. my level investment. When in, when in, people in said, you know, oh Joe Bonamassa should buy Gibson, like obviously, I was like, as a rational human being, what that's like is like saying Harrison Ford should buy. A, uh, Lucas Arts because he's, right because he's Indiana Jones yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't not, make any sense not because he's Han Solo no because he's Indiana Jones <laughs> um, but the the other the flip which side- which character do you think would do a better job running Lucas Arts Han Solo would just sell it first port he got to Indiana Jones would lock that up in a museum how are either of those better situations. I think most people would prefer to have the original trilogy if it's locked, up in a mu- locked up in a museum. If it's locked up in a museum, doesn't that mean nobody gets to enjoy it ever again? Yeah, that means George can't go in there and fiddle with but stuff But neither anymore. can anyone else. Yeah, that preserves it forever. <laughs> you, don't want to, you don't want Han Solo to fly around in Lucas Gibson, Arms? Gibson doesn't belong in Guitar, in guitar Center. It belongs in a museum. <laughs> um, no, so what I actually was thinking about, though, was... Um, you see it a lot in sports where a former professional athlete that is like well known and like relative has like relatively goodwill with like the locale uh-huh. will become like a like one percent investor and the face of the investment team. Ah. So that was a thing like in Los Angeles, Magic Johnson was like the face of a buy of the Lakers and he was like the face of a purchasing deal for the uh for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, Derek Jeter somehow, even though he was a played for the New York Yankees, became like the face of a purchase for the Miami Marlins. Like you see this kind of stuff all the time. And I imagine what that does is it drums up more support from people who also have big money but aren't public figures, right? And they're like, "Oh, that guy's investing. I'm a fan of him. I want to get in on this." Yeah. Well, it's the same reason. Like, um, like if Joe, if Joe said, "Guys, I'm gonna start together a thing." Where I'm, uh, you know, investing in Gibson to have part ownership of it and be able to sit on the board and stuff like that. I need to have a hundred other millionaires jump in with me. Right. He could probably make something like that yeah, happen. Yeah. No. And and that's exactly what what I, I imagine it comes down to. Because also, that's, again, his, that's his main audience. He becomes millionaire. And again, he also becomes the face of like of drumming up investments where he's going in and go like, look, like. Here's my Gibson guitar collection. Clearly, I'm qualified to give advice on the direction right. that you know Gibson is running. Now, I, I realize like not everyone would agree with that. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. Sure, but I'm saying like that is a pitch that he can make to put other potential investors. I'm of which a, I am not. I'm not a, a a Joe fan or anything like that. But I can admit that he probably would have done a better job at the helm than the last CEO of Gibson because at least he would kind of get what people right. like about Gibson versus trying to come up with some sort of 
futuristic turd. (laughs) (laughs) Right. With a bowling ball finish, you know. (laughs) So I I guess that's been our takedown of Joe Bonamassa. This time. Oh, man. 60 cycle hum one, Joe zero. Bring it. Roasted. I mean, we don't, there's no point in us like, criticizing him as a musician. He's obviously a talented guitarist. It just definitely seems like he's engaged in the same kind of marketing that we are also engaged in, but he has a much larger audience than we do. Game game, game recognized game, Joe. Game (laughs) recognized game. I see exactly what you're doing. Did that just become Joe Bonamassa one, 60 Cycle Hum one? No, but I'm saying like, I'm in the business of making content that I want people to click on. Right. Joe is doing the exact same thing. He's making content that he wants people to click on so that they remember that he exists so that he stays in, you know, their forethought. It's, yeah. it's a uh, brand recognition. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a reason why McDonald's runs commercials. Everyone knows ex- McDonald's exists, mm-hmm. but it's just brand recognition. They're like, we got to keep you on the tip of your brain. So you always just McDonald's is just there a little bit, you know? Yeah. Joe Bonamassa, the McDonald's of musicians. Steve said it, not me. All right. I agree with uh, him. <laughs> let's move on to our next <laughs> ad. Uh, this was sent in by John Kaysen. I mean, McDonald's uh, delivers a consistent quality product every single time. You yes. can't argue with that. Yes. You know exactly what you're getting when you walk into McDonald's. All I don't right. know if quality is... I know what you mean by I said quality. consistent. A consistent quality, yeah. not necessarily a high quality. Yes. Uh, this saying. next ad was sent in by John Kaysen. It just says, good boy. Uh, here's a neat truss rod cover for my 2012 Gibson SG Standard that I recently customized. Uh, so I guess they're selling the truss rod cover now. We, do we have a full... Gra- we don't have a full grab of the caption on there. No, because I, I think... Uh, even originally, he just sent. Yeah, he just screen grabbed what there was. He screen grabbed and posted to the group. I mean, that's not the interesting part about this. The interesting part is that the this uh, this trust rod cover, the original one, is balancing perfectly on the top of this good good boy. This head. would have been more impressive if it was balancing on his nose. Yeah, but then he but might then have tried risk- to eat it. You're re- you're risking the dog chewing it up. Yeah. Uh, what other objects would you? What do you think this think is? About- you think this is a. I know it's a dog. Don't say it's a dog, but what kind of dog do you think this is? Um, some kind of lab? Yeah, I was going to say it's some kind of retriever. I think it's a lab. His hair is too short to be a retriever, Steve. You just said it was a lab. Is that a type of retriever? Yeah, there's the All Labrador right. retriever and the golden retriever. You're thinking of the golden retriever, which is t- typically long hair. Also, people can cut their dog's hairs, Ryan. I know, but a, 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 a golden retriever with his haircut looks way different than I think this, this is like a brown lab. It looks golden to me. Fine. It's a golden lab. <laughs> I don't know what kind of dog this is. I don't know stuff about dogs. I just know that this is a cute ad, and this is a great way to get attention right, what other on thing, Reverb. What other uh, guitar items would you want to put on a dog's head? Would you put a pedal on a dog's head? <laughs> if I could get a pedal to balance on a dog's head for a picture... I would super do that. You should get your brother's dog over here. It's right over there. He's too hyper. I don't think I could balance anything on his head. Pickups, you could balance pickups on there. If you got some nice like gravity picks or expensive picks ah, that yeah, people sell, balance that on a dog's nose. Yeah, put a nose. stone pick on there. You know what would be cute? Balancing stuff on a turtle. Make a shot, make a shot with a turtle. 
Not as cute as a good good boy? No. Hmm. Also, like, depending on the wood, the shape of the shell, it could be difficult. That's true. I mean, you get a box turtle that's got those spikes, and you're just getting, like, a tripod going on three spikes. Uh, and then that's real balance right there. Yeah. And you yeah. could put, like, a big muff on top of a turtle, and it's not going to rock <laughs> if it's got, like, those spikes on it. That seems like borderline cruelty you to could, put a pedal that big on an animal that small. You could put... What kind of you know how big turtles get, Steve? Box turtles are like this big. It, not could, big. it does forget about box turtles. It could be any turtle. You could put an amplifier on one of those Galapagos turtles at the zoo. <laughs> Do people the, have those as pets? Probably. There's rich people out there, dude, that have everything as pets. Joe Bonamassa probably has a Galapagos tortoise as a pet. He probably does. He's waiting it for it to die so he can make a pit guard out of it. Uh, <laughs> That's dark. You get you get a. Uh, you get a Galapagos turtle. You could stick an amp on there, and the only thing that's going to make it fall off is for when that is when that Galapagos turtle gets horny and tries oh to bone down with another turtle because they do that all the time. When you go to the San Diego Zoo, you go by the Galapagos turtles. If they ain't boning, something's wrong. Those oh turtles gosh. are sick. <laughs> if they are not getting it on, you know I'm I'm right. I usually don't. I I don't like how like you. That's Google, like a dead end down there. So I usually try to avoid. the It is a dead end down there. Like you have to. I feel like they're kind of hiding it because they know that the turtles are. <laughs> you always walk past busy. the turtles and then like you're you're like past the turtles and then there's crocodiles. You're like, oh, how do I get out of here? Oh crap! I gotta if walk you, by those turtles again. If you YouTube uh, Galapagos turtles San Diego Zoo. <laughs> I'm betting you three fourths of the videos are gonna be those turtles boning down man. hard. They are horn dogs over there. And they're right. old too. They're all like 140 years old. Yeah. Can you imagine having Wait, a libido like that when you're 140? No, I can't. I can't imagine being 140. <laughs> I'm just saying Joe's going to have to wait a long time till that turtle he dies. He just has to get an old one. And he can. <laughs> he has to get one that's like 135. The thing is, like, I don't think anyone's actually seen a turtle die. I think they just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> they just find the empty shells. Huh. This turtle must have died. <laughs> That's why they get turtles don't die; they just get raptured. That's why why they get endangered. Uh, When the Earth was born into existence, it was it came into existence with its maximum amount of turtles, (laughs) finite number, and like they've just been dying off ever since. As people like try to hunt them and eat them, and if you just leave the turtles alone, we'll have a consistent amount of turtles for the rest of of history. Oh my gosh! (laughs) You got to make a note about the turtles. No. Do we have anything else to say about this I good, good boy? I have nothing else to say about you, this you've good, got good a, boy. You've got a pet cat. You want I to have do two any, cats. Um, you want to do any uh, reverb photos with your cat? probably should. Maybe you have two cats Maybe now? that's why my green child isn't selling, is I need to get put some cats in that in the picture. I've only got goldfish right now. It's hard to take a <laughs> photo your pond? with those guys. Yeah. Yeah. You got to... You got to... Put the pedal out there. Wait till the skunk comes back and <laughs> the then skunk. take the picture. Yeah, I had a skunk in my yard the other night. I probably have a skunk in my yard every night. Yeah. I just, just saw, saw it. This, it. I just saw it this time. Have you noticed your number of goldfish declining? I mean, they it, a bird comes and takes them every mm. now and then. But the, the, the skunks don't go for the fish. What do they go for? They, go for, they? they come and drink the water and oh, they, okay. they like to dig around for grubs and stuff in the lawn. Yeah. They're, they're skunks aren't going to get in the water to get a fish. Why not? Give me that strap. Oh, are we doing sponsorship? The other one. The strap. The other one. This is the D'Addario. D'Addario. D'Addario Auto Lock Strap. This strap has changed my life. 
You've been uh, loving your strap, haven't you? Yeah, this is great. Well, you just put like a video on Instagram of how easy it is to throw this on. Um, don't don't grab the Harley Benton, the one guitar we've not been able to use it on. Look how quick this is. Boom. Done. That was actually a little bit slow, too, because it's a yeah. little bit of a tight fit on this one. Just slides right on there. Comes right off. Yeah, this is a great product. This was designed by Ned Steinberger, like some of their other products. And uh, I keep mine in my um, in my backpack, the one I was talking about earlier, specifically because it's a universal and it's a strap lock, which means I, I keep it in there because I never know if someone's going to be like, "Oh, hey, don't play your bass." I've actually had a problem with my Eastwood bass uh, in our in our new place. It's picking up like a crazy digital noise. Oh, really? So I've been playing a different bass that doesn't do that. Bring but- it back here. I'll play with it. I'm still gonna play it. Okay. <laughs> oh, do you want do you want it for videos? I'll bring it. No, back. I don't. I'm not gonna play bass in um, videos. Are you kidding me? Anyway, uh, so this is perfect because I can use it for anything, and I, um, and it just snaps on, snaps off. It's just in my bag. And it's a cool, comfortable strap. Yeah. I'm a big. Well, fan. you have the padded one. I have the seatbelt one. But that one's the padded too, per- right? No, it's not padded, oh. but it's still it's a softer seatbelt. Yeah, it's a little thicker than like a mono strap, so but it's it's nice. Not even the padding because I don't own any other padded straps. I've never yeah. been like I need a padded strap. I just like that it's that slippery nylon. I like a strap that can slide on my on my shirt and not get bound up on stuff because I want to be a performer with my guitar. I want to move it around. I don't want it to be stuck in one place. It's a prop for me right. as well as an instrument. You know, yeah. I want to I want to be able to move around with the thing. And these slidey nylon straps are really the way to get that. So yeah. I'm stoked that they went with that kind of material instead of doing some kind of sticky suede or something. Yeah. Uh, this episode is also brought to you by Squatch Design Co. That's true. Uh, they make these lovely wooden pedal boards. They're very high quality. They're actually made by Dan Dolan of Dan Dolan Customs mm-hmm. uh, on this This run. is like an original version. The newer yeah. ones, apparently, people are saying they're prettier. People I, are saying they're better. They're definitely not green. They're different. Yeah, well, I put these sticky pads on there that turned mine green. Um, they have a new logo, which is cool. The new logo yeah. is cool. Uh, but these are the way these are made is uh, they make a run of them, and they put them up for sale. And that's it. Yep. And uh, that means they're a little cheaper than what uh, you would get from, like, a custom shop. But you can find something that's really good-looking off the shelf, and they use, like, locally sourced wood. So you're not stuck, like, waiting around months and months for, you know, some wood that's super hard to get. You're just going to not- see what you want. You're going to order it. And then what you order is what's going to show up. You're not waiting for them to cut wood. You're not waiting them for them to glue wood together. You're not waiting for the clear coat to set. When you order a board, it's already made. It's literally the one in the picture. That's the one that shows up days later after they ship it to you. You don't have to wait months anymore. They're just making wood boards and popping them out over there. Yep. So uh, I believe it's squashdesignco.com or yep. maybe it's squashdesign.com. Go check them out. All right. Uh, this next topic was sent to us by Joe uh, Joe Braga from the group, and uh, I will find it right now. <laughs> you didn't screen grab it. No. We're uh, we're we're flying by the seat of her pants here. It shouldn't be too hard to find. She's, I have she she asked Steve. She asked, "Is there such a thing as a pedal exchange program? Equal or same value kind of swap swap when you don't have local gear swap meets and guitar slash gear festivals?" Where I live is Musicians No Man's Land of DJ EDM, Miami. So live music isn't supported here, uh, let alone the stuff I hear you guys on the West have, Uber Jelly. Uh, I had no idea she was in Miami. Yeah, neither did I. 
Uh, anyone know of a gear or pedal swap program for when you can't sell pedals as fast as you'd like to try new ones? I mean, well, there's the wheel of pedals. Yeah, no, so... Not, not anymore. It's um, gone. We, we discontinued that. So I, I think you... <laughs> like, I don't know if there's anything like this online. I think it's kind of tricky because, you you know, you'd have to... Everyone would have to be in kind of like a database situation. I think there is like a Reddit group where people swap. Oh, really? Yeah. Let me uh, let me see if I can find that real quick. But it, it, there's it, a lot of like neat little things on crevice, like crevices on credit on credit on Reddit uh-huh. that you kind of like get into and you're like, huh, Oops. that's a thing. My internet's slow right now. I might not be able to find. Um, that. But this does remind me at least a little bit of what we were doing with Wheel of Pedals, though that is a little more random. Uh huh. And in turn, it just ended up being like a lot of people because I think when you when you're in a face to face situation. For like where you know there's going to be a gear swap, you can like load up a pedal board with everything you're willing to part with, and you yeah. go there with your whole board, and you know so everyone else is going to do the same. And you're like, oh, I got this, you know, JHS delay, and I want to try the Walrus delay. You want to trade guy who has a Walrus delay and wants something else, and you know you can you can swap stuff around that way. Um, but with the wheel of pedals, it was a little more random, and everyone was afraid of getting the roadkill. <laughs> Even though we said we did, we'd help people out if they got the roadkill. The person who got the roadkill, I think, ended up getting like three pedals and a shirt. And a ton of crap. And some cables. Probably a strap and stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah, they got hooked up. Um, but, yeah, it's I don't know. Like, whenever I look at the concept of like a pedal swap sort of thing, it just feels like it gets too complicated to me because it's like – Everything is worth different amounts. Yeah. And if you want something else, sell the thing you have and use the money to buy the thing you want. Well, and I think that happens a lot too is is um, because there was one a few months ago in San Diego. I didn't go to it, but the, I know the Tone Jerks went to it and they bought some stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think there are people who are going in and they're, you know, everyone's got their board that they're of stuff they want to sell. And so people are walking around going like, Oh, you're selling that? Well, would you be willing to trade for this other thing? Sure. Or, you know, you do a three-way where you sell a you sell the your pedal to somebody for cash, and you take that cash and buy the pedal that you wanted yeah. to swap it for. I think in but the, it's all instantaneous. Yeah. I think in the or, terms of like a physical meeting sort of thing where everyone's like in a like a swap meet garage sale sort of environment. I think that's fun and I think that works, but you gotta have a big enough community in a city for that yeah. to happen. And it doesn't sound like that's the scene in Miami. Um, I was thinking more along the lines of like, like if there was like a pedal swap service online or a group or something like that, it just seems like it's such a narrow audience. Like I've got this thing who wants to trade for this other specific thing that I want. Like I feel like for it to be successful, you'd have to be closer to the wheel of pedals where it's like, I want to get rid of this. I'll accept almost anything that's worth close to the value, you know, otherwise it's just, I can't imagine there being enough momentum behind something like that for it to be worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just me being cynical. I don't know. And also, it's just like once you figure out how to sell things online, you just sell the thing that you have and right, you buy the thing right. that you want. You know, it's easy. <laughs> I mean, that is another way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, the, the real way to actually do this is to have like actual friends who collect pedals and have yeah. have the relationship like i feel like with you like you'd be like oh you've got that you want this i'll trade you and it would be a really right. easy arrangement well for and us. you could even do that like you could legitimately do that in our group 
on Facebook. Sure. I think people could do that. I think it's it's an untapped kind of thing. I'm sure there are groups that are specialized for it. I think you know one of the issues with doing it online is there's always a little danger that someone's going to jump in and like be like really sketchy about it. But you know, I mean, every now and then someone's like orchestrated a deal with someone on the group, and I've had them like one of the the parties message me and be like, Hey, do you know this dude? I'm about to do a deal. Do you know right. like, if he has like any sort of clout here or any sort of history or anything like that? I just want to make sure people know who this is before I, you know, mail something to them and exchange money and things like that. And I mean, that's kind of the benefit of being in a well-built online community. Right. I would even, I would, I would consider Given Here the current go. size of our group, he's making consideration being willing to broker trades. So both parties send me the pedal, and then I forward it on to the the destination. This is too complicated. Well, that way, like if I receive the pedal from one side, I don't receive the pedal from the other side. I mean, that's basically what Reverb does. They you just don't send it to them; they just hold the payment until you send them shipping information, right? They're but, brokering a, a they're brokering a sale between two people, yeah, and then taking true. taking a fee. I I got myself in trouble a few months back. I sold something on Reverb, and you didn't ship it. No, I shipped it, and then I got home and I was looking around for the receipt, and I think I literally crumpled up the receipt as walking out the post office and threw it in the trash. Sucker! <laughs> so I'm like, oh my gosh, I have no way to prove that I shipped this. And it would be on the person receiving it to be like, oh, I got it, to tell Reverb right. to send me the money. <laughs> so I drove back to the post office. And I know people are going to mock me for driving to the post office. I know that you can arrange direct pickup stuff now. I don't do that. I like to go to the post office. I'm a ludicrous. I go to the post office work. to drop things off, but I buy my postage online, right? It's cheaper. <sighs> Save like a dollar. So anyways, I go back to the post office and I go back to the person that I checked out with and I was like, I'm so sorry. I threw away my receipt and I need it. Can you pull it up? And he was like, well, let's look through every transaction I've done in the last half hour. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's me. That's me. And thankfully, he was able to save my ass. So thanks, post office guy. <laughs> he saved my ass months ago. All right, you want to do some housekeeping? Yeah, let's housekeep this thing. All right, uh, this week we have one person joining us, supporting the show through our Patreon, patreon.com slash 60cyclehomecast, and that person is Grant Wilson. This is a Grant Wilson episode. We got beer from him, I got a guitar from him, and now he's patronizing us. Patronizing us? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Grant is now supporting the show on the uh, bragging rights level, which this is, is the $25 level, and I think... Uh, right now, he is the only person the who only has one. bragging rights. Yeah. So, congrats, Grant. You are better than everyone else. Basically, what Grant Wilson is doing in between uh, the Patreonage and sending us this beer is he's supporting us basically like a dollar a day. He is <laughs> he is adopted podcasters as like his adopted like. Right. So like a sponsor a child program. Oh my gosh. Like for a dollar a day, guys. You could make sure that a podcaster has beer and burritos in his belly and has the strength to continue on to produce another episode next week. Just a dollar a day, guys. Just a dollar a day. Anyway, if you We will... should send a picture of ourselves to Grant for him to put on his fridge. Yes. <laughs> It doesn't have to be a dollar a day. It can be a dollar a month. 
dollar a year, five dollars a month. I don't you care. know, whatever we we've got multiple tiers, um, and we'd love to uh, get support from you guys uh, to help make the show, help send Ryan to Germany and Summer Nam. No, the Germany thing is covered by the sponsors. Shut up, Ryan. <laughs> Trying Although to justify I, our existence here. I could take a salary out of that to support my family while I'm That's gone true. for a week making content. That is true. That's something we'll have to discuss, but I probably shouldn't do that. But anyways, <laughs> uh, I mean, the 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 Patreons are paying my way to go to Nashville to Summer Nam, yeah. uh, which is a huge deal. I'm planning on making somewhere between 20 and 30 videos out there. Um, for Summer Nam? For Summer Nam. Jeez. I know. I'm going to haul ass to get as much content as I can. Huge mistake. <laughs> I'm going to be working my butt off. I know. And it's like... Sounds like a rookie move. I'm gonna, It's my second time. It's I know. That's why. Seventh Nam. <laughs> you should know better. But I'm going to stretch it out. I'm not going to publish everything all at once. I'm, I'm looking at... Oh, like, you're going to do gonna the, make, Henning, the Henning game. I'm going to do the Henning game. But it... like. I'm not sure I could pull that kind of money out of my bank account to do that for myself. The, right. The Patreon supporting us makes that sort of thing possible. Yeah. Anytime we, like, if we get pedals made, like the 50 50, it's because we have money sitting in an account thanks to the Patreons. Yeah. I mean, that's just the reality of it. You know, it, when I got the walls built back here to make the garage presentable as a, as a studio for us. That was Patreon. All right, all right. You can list. You can this... list. You know, Ryan. You can list other things next episode. Okay. Uh, this camera, this point, recording, point is Patreon being, money. Point being, uh, the money that you guys send goes back into the show. Absolutely. And we super appreciate the support we get from everybody. This last ad was sent by Zachary Ryan Saucier. It's a Xenon Audition ZES70T 1965 vintage Japanese guitar with original case. Guitar is in great shape. Missing tremolo bar replaced with a letter opener. Missing high E machine uh, head bushing replaced with non-original. Why didn't you replace that with a letter opener? I know, right? One pickup works. The troggle push buttons need attention. Uh, comes with original case. I've never seen a troggle push button. Do your research. The pickups are great. The neck is thick baseball bat, not thin baseball bat. Uh, cool vintage Japanese guitar. YouTube for other demos. This is really similar, uh, a really similar control situation to that Gaia Tone yeah. uh, that you purchased. Probably made in the same factory, honestly. Yeah. Uh, it's a different pickguard design. I think different body shape. The thing I really... Definitely different pickguard and body shape. But the thing I really want to talk about is this letter opener uh, whammy bar. Yeah. A letter opener... This style letter opener is basically a sword you keep in your office drawer. Like, it is a stabby, pointy This is like... Dagger. This type of letter opener has been the murder weapon on at least seven different episodes of Law & Order. Exactly. It is the most obvious, like, non-knife murder weapon in your house. And this person has turned this pointy thing into a whammy bar, and I'm kind of in love with it. Oh, my God. <laughs> of all of the things to turn into a whammy bar... Is a what like is a letter opener the best? I mean, I guess if you really only have the point, you could like dremel the that point. a little soft. Oh yeah, you could definitely soften up the end and make it so that you're not going to stab it straight. What other your kind of household reaching, reaching for uh, objects I mean, we're could in a, you turn into a whammy bar? We're in the garage right now. My workbench is yeah, across thinking, from us. I'm definitely thinking screwdrivers. There's, you get a big long screwdriver. You know, any sort of like file or chisel or anything like that is an obvious choice. I've got a big meat cleaver on the wall over there. I thought about turning that into a control plate or a. Oh, that'd be cool. What about uh, just like a. Like, why a letter opener? Why not like a butter knife? 
Yeah, like a cool like kitchen knife or something like that, or like a or a big like soup spoon. A Ooh, soup spoon would be soup fun. Spoon would be fun. You get a lot of mass on the end of it. You have the spoon side as the part that you grab, right? And and it's just got a lot of mass, and you can really work it around. You know, um, like a weed weeder tool for your garden that would make a yeah. great whammy bar. Yeah. Um, or I don't know, like. Just go get an- anything, anything long, you know. Yeah, anything, anything, anything long, anything long. You can drill a hole through. Wish dot com. Anything long. All right, <laughs> uh, this week's song. Are we done? I think you so. didn't have anything else to say about that. No. All right, take us out of here, Steve. Uh, this week's song was sent by Will LaHue. Uh, I don't know if he will. He might LaHue. <laughs> he says. Loading. I've been lehewing all my my new stuff that yeah, I get. I know. I uh, will lehew. Oh, here we go. I recorded this with a couple hours of free time I had this weekend. The amp sounds are coming from the Doctor Z model on the HX Stomp. Effects used on the how did this doesn't even make sense. Effects used on the clean parts are the Binford sixty one hundred. There's some clean stuff in there. Okay. The DoD Rubberneck and the Boss Terror Echo. All of the dirt is coming from a Like My Pedals Asago uh, stacked with a Martial Law, also from Like My Pedals. Uh, the bass line was played through my lawsuit era Japanese P-Bass copy through Phase 90. This song is called Soupy Deuce. Maybe there's a joke in here and we're about to hear this and realize that there are no clean parts. Maybe. In this Maybe. song. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, enjoy the song and... Stay grounded. Stay grounded. <laughs>